thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Hello. I just wanted to come on here quickly before my first episode with my amazing guest and just say thank you so much. That's all for today. No, thank you so much for listening. And also a huge thank you to my incredible guests this season. I really hope you enjoy what I've been working on over the past few months. So let's kickstart season one with my first guest. Singer, songwriter, globetrotting performer, West End star, fashionista and hostess with the mostess, it's the iconic Portia Amare. Hello everyone and welcome to Thanks That's All for Today. And today on my podcast, I have the iconic Portia Amare. I had to say that like a little bit whispered there, Amare. (laughs) Um, I actually have written down all my bullet points about you. So I've put I just, I always call you an icon because you are. I'll take it. Thank you so much. (laughs) You are. You're my biggest inspiration in the industry. I have so much to thank you for. Like I've literally written down all the things that have happened since I've met you. Um, But for anyone who doesn't know, you must have been living under a rock. Portia is a British singer and songwriter, an incredible singer, by the way, with charisma for days. And when I try to describe your voice, I'm like jazz, R&B, soul. You've worked in musical theatre. You've got like your own sound. Obviously, you write your own music. But when you sing covers, they're just incredible. So basically, I'm your hype girl. I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> It's one of the most complimentary um, introductions I've ever had. So thank you, Harriet Mullen. You're so welcome. <laughs> I was I was listing all the things that obviously I know you've done, but you've done so much more. You've been in a band, you've worked for the It Girls, you've been in Priscilla, you gig in your own right as your own person. You know, you don't have to have like an alter ego. Like it's just the whole package with you. So I, you, I'm so lucky to have you on the show. So we obviously met on a on a television show. We didn't properly meet, but yeah. you were. But we connected. We connected, and I'm very thankful yeah. for you um, because you were so supportive of me during my audition, and you gave me such like wonderful feedback. I had told myself when I sat in that, in that show that that was going to be my approach 100 because that looked so nerve wracking what you did, even oh. as a seasoned performer. I would have been so nervous walking out and that silence and that, those hundred people and however many cameras. So I was like, you have to really respect this, whoever walks out and whatever level they're at. So yeah, hats off for doing that. You were, you were very brave and excellent. Thank you. I would <laughs> never do that again. I've never been so nervous <laughs> in my life, but I think it was just, it was just so lovely to connect with you. And then, you know, never thought we'd see each other again. But then I walked into an audition um, for one of your many projects that you're involved in. And I was like, I know you. I just blurted out. I was like, I know you. 
we were both on all together now. And from then, honestly, I mean, I can't thank you enough. I've been part of your incredible female soul society at the H club. I've been on your podcast. You've offered me, well, I've auditioned for you for Queens of the Night and been able to work through you and you've recommended me for shows like the like the it girls and I've connected with Tracy because of you so thank you first of all (laughs) you're so welcome so Portia how are you because you must have the busiest calendar ever in a normal year yeah it's been very busy and um last year was very very busy it turned out I spent 92 days at home and total in the UK and and um I didn't really realize it until you know you have to look at your year and go through everything so um I feel like it's been an extreme it's been an extreme for everyone of course I'm Mm. so aware um but obviously it's it's relative to this conversation so I'll just speak from my point of view Mm. that um it was probably too extreme last year and then what obviously we're going through now and in mm. terms of my work is it's the other extreme so everything that I did have booked in was obviously cancelled a lot of it is international travel so that was gone and even I've had like big offers this year and um and then laws or guidelines have changed mm-hmm. say three days before so I had some a gig in Austria um last month and like two days before it's like we've had to cancel the flight and the gig because you're no longer allowed to have singing so um even when I was like oh I've got something to keep me going you know it, it kind of falls through so I've really had to just adju- really adjust my mindset um and 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 be, be more creative I've always been creative mm. but when you're very busy you're only invested into the projects that that you know you're being offered so say someone goes we're doing this theme and you need to learn this style of music then obviously that's where my energy is going where this time and for the first couple of months I wasn't inspired at all but slowly having time and space as a creative it's made me go oh my god I have other ideas there's other avenues I could go down actually I've been reading about this and that's inspired me or I've you know spoken to this person and that's brought something out of me or a memory that I kind of was too busy to even remember mm. so um I you know it's up and down and I'm, I'm going to be totally honest because I think it's really important that you know I have felt the hit like massively emotionally I felt loss I felt a loss of my my life um that was I've been so used to since I was a yeah. child and I have to just keep having this reset button. I'm like, reset, start again. And that could be on a daily basis, a weekly basis. Um, but mm. the the few projects that I have done have boosted me. So I know that what it is, is like my work is has been my life. So that's finding that balance of maybe I was, was I maybe putting too much energy into um into my work and not into not that I wasn't invested into my life I mean I'm married with very good friends and have a Mm. lovely home and a a, a doggy and so I had that but I just think I based and the best wardrobe ever (laughs) (laughs) yes I mean most of my I say yes I think it's the best wardrobe (laughs) it is is (laughs) you know um, when when I bought my best friend no no it's fine when I when I bought my best friend to watch Emma Linda's EP launch I said you've got to meet Portia you're going to absolutely love her and you just walked in and he was like that's Portia isn't it I was like yeah 
he could just tell from the clothes and from the oozing charisma he was like that's her isn't it and you hadn't even come over to us yet but he was like the outfit and everything just your aura you had the most amazing outfit on you always do and the best shoes thank you no it's all right such a well, half of that stuff I mean sometimes I'm just like let's just put on something around the house you know these clothes need airing out if mm. you've got a lot of, especially if you've got vintage you know they need to be shaken out and lived in um so uh, yeah, but there has been a, a lot of um, casual homeware. As well. By the way, do you dress up for auditions or in the past have you? Do you think that is important for an audition? When you say dress up, I mean, there was always when I was doing musical theatre, mm. um, this thing of they really, casting directors really need to see this character or whatever part you're going for. They need to see it. You need to spell it out to them really clearly. Um, and that was like, oh, the character's blonde. Do I wear a blonde wig? Or yeah. when I used to have dark hair. Um, I'll, you know, uh, they want a rock chick. So it's like, we will rock you. So do you do you go dressed as a, as a rocker, even though you're mm. not a rocker? It was, it was a really hard line. And I think I think I did it once for We Will Rock You. And I, I kind of dressed up because I'd had so many recalls. And I, it was one of those shows I just kept going up for. And they, they kept hearing me sing the same song time after time. And uh I just wasn't getting it every time. So I was like, well, maybe if I just wear the outfit and I did wear the outfit and I still didn't get it. So in the end, I think wow. I just, I think what was important to me was just feeling the most myself. Cause that was how I would be able to portray my best talent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not, not going too wild uh, or too kind of high fashion and looking too much of an individual. Cause I don't think that that's what musical theater really is about. Mm-hmm. But when you're auditioning for, say, a tour with a DJ or, um, you know, you're going up for a lead singer in a collective, then mm. I think, you, yeah, that's a whole different thing. You're going as you. So it is about showing your full individuality. And so, yeah, and that's a side that I like. And I found it really hard to conform. And because obviously we are talking about auditions, mm. um, I was... I was saying to you, God, I don't know if I've got that many stories about auditions, but um, the the one that really took me out of musical theatre and, and made me go, I just don't fit in here, was um, I was in The Lion King in Paris, and it's the same casting team as London. And often when you do it in Paris, you then ask to go and do it in, in London. And um, so I went straight to the final, but on the morning of the final, I had a, a phone call from my agent, and they had said, can you come looking as dark as possible and I oh my I was God. like what you know what do you mean he's like well maybe just like fake tan or something I was like no I was like no you are joking I'm not joking I'm 100% serious and I, I have to share this story because yes it was, yeah, it, was a sto- it was a story that um really made me just look at the industry that was in for, for me yeah, um, because I am a mixed race woman and yeah. um, I don't have a dark skin necessarily, but my voice and my approach to my work and my right heritage to as my well. Heritage yeah, like you cannot deny role. that at all. And I'd already played it in Paris, so it was yeah. Like, so I'm, 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 my skin is dark enough to play it there, but it's not dark enough to play it here. So that really, and I, obviously I didn't fake tan, just for anyone wondering whether you listen to your agent and the casting director, oh, you go gosh. as yourself. And um, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And um, I didn't get it. And um, 
that re- it did really did really affect me, especially as yeah. well because well there were multiple reasons, but one was in that particular role, your body is covered from head to toe in costume and makeup, so you don't actually see the color of your skin. So that was the first issue for me, and another issue was that it, you would never ask a black woman to lighten her skin for a part, no, ever. So it was completely incorrect. Completely. <laughs> so that was a, a big reason why I was like, if I don't fit into these boxes so clearly in this industry then I, I, I am quite happy to leave this part of the industry and work and be able to dress and be yeah. as light or as dark or as blonde or as red-headed or as purple-headed as I want yeah um, and and still and still get to perform and sing and act and and dance and do whatever I want to do and it worked for me that worked for me um, so and I'm, I'd like to think it would never happen now, but it was, wow, it was something that, that did, that there was an audition to remember, but I will then end my audition yeah. stories in theatre with a positive because yeah. obviously that's very Thank important. you for sharing that with us, Portia, because that I think is so important to talk about though, because some people don't want to share stories that are negative, but it's really important to talk about it because it does happen and that is not acceptable. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, this, this kind of conversation that's been had even in in popular music of appropriation and appreciation Mm -hmm. and um we are realizing that there have been a lot of men and women that have been asked to play roles when it's not their heritage but they Mm -hmm. look similar so you know if you're kind of Israeli but you could pass for a, a Hispanic or you know Latino or or even African that they'll get those roles and is that is that correct you know um, and yeah, I think it was of a time where I, I just, I just didn't know anyone that had had gone through what I'd gone through. I knew it was wrong, and I mm. made actions to never be in that situation yeah. again. But I didn't speak it out um, to that casting team, um, and I think that was because you know it still was early days, and you do feel like, you know, how much do I have to adapt to really get these roles? But you, yeah. you know, within you, you know, there's a line, and so whatever that line is for you. A listener that's auditioning mm-hmm. yeah you know just have your have your strong beliefs and morals and know what is right and and never push yourself to do anything that you know is inherently wrong for you um so for me I sort of did take a positive out of not being able to fit into a box um in mm-hmm. theater and and so I saw that as a positive because I was like that's because you're individual and that's that's a good thing so if you're going to be in the artistic industry own your individuality definitely you know have a word with yourself definitely uh, and if they don't want you someone else will and um and that that it was quite easy it was quite easy for me to leave um the theatre world but in a really in a really good audition scenario um I had I was auditioning for the light princess um which was Tori Amos's musical at the national amazing and, um I'd done my first round, which was really bad. And the, bless the rehearsal, uh, the audition pianist, he just couldn't read my music because it was pop music. I did like an Evanescence track because it needed to be in the style of Tori Amar. So I'd learned mm-hmm. the song and he just couldn't play it because he was used to playing theatre. I mean, it was so awkward and embarrassing. And I put all my heart into this because I really wanted to work with Tori Amos. Yeah. And, um, anyway, Unbeknownst to me, it, apparently it was good enough to get through to this final. And um, I was told that I would be performing in front of Tori Amos. And so I was really nervous. Oh, I was my like, gosh. And then like the National Theatre panel and they were 
just you know these people that had won Olivier Awards mm. and they all worked in Warhorse and yeah I was like okay this is a serious audition for me now okay this is and I was like she's going to be there and they made me sing a song completely a cappella and I sang for like four minutes and I got a full round of applause <gasps> like I'd just done a gig for them that's and so then, rare. And then they asked me to, and then I went down the line and shook everyone's hand. And I shook everyone's hand going, I'm going to shake Tori. And I was like, oh, she wasn't there. She wasn't, she, she wasn't in the room. So there's nothing to worry about. But it was such a lovely process because the way that, I, and I, I believe this is how they do audition a lot of people um, at the National, is there is a straight away, as soon as that person comes in the door, an absolute respect for them being there. Wow. And I was like, that is how you're going to get the best out of someone auditioning, even if you're nervous. Or I was like, just that, it was like, thank you. Thank you for sharing what you do. Wow. Uh, And having a round of applause was just this, I mean, obviously not everyone has to clap, but I just thought how really assuring that even if I'd have got it or I didn't, that there was just a mutual respect. And I just really appreciated that. Well, definitely for singing a song a cappella for four minutes. I mean, that is a skill to stay in key, to like have those. I don't know if I did stay in key. Oh, I bet you did. That's actually, I would say for you though, that's um, as an artist, I think you've got kind of a a one up. What do you call, what would you say? I was going to say a leg up. I don't think that's the right phrase. You've got an advantage because you probably are used to singing along in your home or sorry my pinafore keeps falling off this is for anyone but I wanted to wear something cute for you but it keeps falling off I'm so sorry uh, it's you not that kind beautiful. of podcast thank you as do you um but I think for you that must have been well I'm I'm assuming but was that quite freeing for you to just be able to express yourself without having a pianist or a backing track because I'm speaking from me, I would probably prefer that because, hey, if I come in at the wrong time or if I'm, you know, doing an extra ad lib or something and it goes a little bit wrong, well, hey, it's a cappella. Were you quite like confident in that situation or was it just? Yeah, I was confident in that situation, especially because of the previous audition Mm. where I'd worked so hard and I was, I'd never really wanted a job as much as I'd wanted that one. And so to go in it completely crumble. I mean, it was like he started playing the introduction. It was unrecognizable. So I couldn't, I couldn't pitch, I couldn't pitch where I was to start in the song. And so I had to say, I'm so sorry. Um, could you play that intro again? And I didn't want to obviously be one of those people that are like he's playing it wrong. So I just yep. kind of just said, can you play it again? And then it happened again. And I was like, I still can't hear it. He's still not playing it even close to what this song should sound like. And and the third time. They just said, go and speak to him. Just go over there and speak to him. And he just looked at me and he just didn't help me out. He was like, I'm playing what's here. And I was like, I know that you're not. I know that you're not. And I know that you're not because I'm so prepared for this audition and I'm not hearing anything that I need to do. So then it was like straight away, again, if you, it's fight or flight. I was like, you're going to have to just sing along to whatever it is that you hear and obviously use your musicality in some way Mm. so I'm pretty sure I sang a very different version of Evanescence's Bring Me to Life wow (laughs) and I was was just trying to pitch and Mm. make it sound as right as I could and 
Um, yeah, so to sing a cappella, have that option. You have that freedom to go. I can really sing this how I want to sing it and portray it. And yeah, it was it was it was a, a luxury actually. Um, and again, it was a song that I knew really well, so yeah, I was comfortable. Um, but singing you know. a cappella, I think sometimes can really help because obviously you can then sneakily pick your own key I've done an audition before I think it's one of my favorites where they said can we have wonderful worlds that's a difficult one because obviously Louis Armstrong is uh, you know and if you start I see trees of green red roses do you like oh I've definitely started too high before and then you just have to commit somewhere over the rainbow if you make the mistake of somewhere (laughs) (laughs) for me I'm an alto, but it oh, really yeah, me gave too. me, it really gave me the freedom to do what, whatever I want. I feel more vulnerable personally, giving my, it's interesting you said this, giving my pop piece of rep over mm. to somebody. And sometimes my choices have been a little bit out there maybe. Mm. And then it can be detrimental if you're, as yeah. I remember auditioning for something once and giving them a, a James Morrison B-side. It's called Right By Your Side and it's beautiful. Of course you did. Of course I did. (laughs) Of course I did. I gave them this song and it's like, dum, 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 ooh, da-na-na-na. Pianist, it was like this. Dun-dun-dun-dun, ooh, ooh, ooh. Dun-dun-dun-dun, ooh. Where was my love? And I sang it like a country singer. I was like, you know, I remain right by your side. Because when I said, I was walking out the door as I was finishing the song, like my 16 bars, getting my music. I said, I loved you. See you later, everyone. I've I've absolutely ruined this audition. But I have to say, yeah, it was literally like slap my knee and do a box step. Um... And it was hilarious. It was absolutely, and my mum and dad, bless them, had surprised me in the queue outside. And I was just so wrong for this musical, but it was just terrible. And my mum was like, how'd it go? I was like, still singing like, yep, let's go, let's go. I'm, I'm going. But I do love my weird song choices. I remember, um, I mean, I've had to audition for you before, which I haven't actually had any guests that I've auditioned for before. Um, right. yeah. so you were horrible you were so scary no not at all you had a yellow suit on I thought absolute icon there she is sat on the panel you had a lovely panel with I think there's just three on the panel and I had to perform I think two or three songs you were like what songs have you bought for me today and I told you and you and the panel were like oh I love that song and then I sang a bit of that and they, you were like can I hear something else it was so it was so lovely because you got the best out of me because you were engaged in what I was singing. Like your reactions were great and you loved my song choices. And I think it's almost like if a comedian is performing and people laugh, it makes them better. I feel like that's what you were like as an auditioner, if that's a word and your panel, but you as a, Somebody who obviously I've also worked for, for the H Club, when you've asked me for song choices, <laughs> I'm like, female soul society, can I sing Otis Redding? <laughs> um, you know, like, it's it's so great because you do, in, a, in an audition situation and in a working situation, you really let me express myself through all my song choices. I'll bring an Anastasia B-side or a Demi Lovato, sorry, not sorry, to semitones down slow down you know all that I've I think you let me do that though which is you know what I but it, it, it shows you in your best light it's just it just also I don't know if you found this but like if you've done an audition and then it seems like everyone's kind of 
being a bit harsh, and a bit cold, and a bit stern. And then you might still get the job. And then when you work with them, they're like really nice and they're talking to you and they're vibing up and you're like, oh, oh, these are really nice people. Mm. I would, I just think, why not show, it's like a trial shift, like show yeah. how it would be to work with each other on both sides in that audition. Yeah, definitely. Because that's, that's, that's where you're going to be. I mean, that's my approach. Obviously, there's been lots of different approaches and it's, it's about seeing pressure. And I think sometimes with like West End shows, you know, there's such a high expectation, mm. and, you know, thousands of people are seeing it. And it's, you know, it's, it's just so respected around the world theatre that you do have to be of a level and then they need to know that you can handle pressure. So I understand that has, that has to be the case. I suppose when, when you auditioned for me, I was looking for people who could almost be their own pop star. Um, yeah. And, you know, we had said we wanted pop, we wanted soul, we wanted belt. And even though that was the brief, we still had girls come in and um, would say, oh, I'm singing um, No Good Deed from Wicked. And I said, um, have you got anything pop? And she was like, no, but you are going to love this. And I was like, Uh-oh. but I would love pop because that's what we're looking that's for. That's what i <laughs> Yeah, and she was like, no, I, I promise you, you're going to like what I'm doing. And I understand why she said that, because she obviously felt like that was the best song that she could sing. So therefore she thought, well, that will show me off in the best mm. light. But firstly, she was already dimming her light to us because she was just not listening to us at all. Mm. Mm. And we'd even given her the opportunity to say, give us another option. And she just didn't want to give us another option. So we were like, well, you've just shown us that you would be difficult to work with because you're not, you can't, one, you're either not listening or you're just really stuck in your way. Mm. And you don't need that. You need to be able to collaborate and adapt to, you know, to a certain point. And then, you know, she did sing it and it just it just didn't show what we were looking for. Um, and it, it just, yeah, it, it, I just think that that was that was a very poor audition. And in that way, it's like it's really frustrating because you, you're there. And you're like, I really want you to do the very best you can do. And we're trying yeah. to help you and you're still not kind of getting it. So that's that's that was kind of like the weakest one that we had that day. Um, and then, you you know, someone like yourself coming in, who is a gigger, who has stood on your own and has been a lead and has, it's just so evident. So it's like, can you just perform this like you're, perform, like you're Beyonce? Like, you know, you're at a concert, you've got a microphone and you're performing out. And, you know, for someone like you, that's just completely effortless. And so you just, oh, you can you. just relax. You can just relax well, and go, I... I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the music. Um, but yeah, you get all sorts. But all I will say is, having been a panelist, yeah, just honestly, all you want is for everyone to walk in and be excellent. Like you want yeah. them to be excellent. Like I'm not here to make you be nervous or be worried. It's like just show me your best. Mm. And and to me, I would be my best if I felt really comfortable in the room. So it was really important to me that people did feel comfortable in my space, and I wasn't there to be judgmental. Yeah, yeah. To just to, I mean, obviously we had a brief. Meet that brief, great. And hopefully you mm. wouldn't be in the room if you hadn't met that brief. And then and then just show us, like, be free. You know, this is what you you supposedly enjoy it. I mean, you get people that look like they just hate what they're doing. It's like, why do you oh, put yourself through it? But I know, especially because that for that particular role, it was for. I mean, I've 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 done I've done the gig. Um, and it's so interactive. You've you've got to work with two other girls. You've got to enjoy yourself. You've got to enjoy gigging. And if that isn't you, then 
you know, you're not going to enjoy that gig situation. It's very different from musical theatre. You know, like you say, why do you put yourself through that audition? Because the second round was working with, you put us in groups, you kind of matched up who you thought was a, you know, soprano, mezzo, alto. You put Mm. us into these groups. Um, It was actually such a great audition. I met some really lovely girls from there who I'm still friends with now. And we all went away and had like five minutes to work together. And then we came back in as a three. And I think because you created that atmosphere, you had obviously you had Blue and Amy come in who had been in Priscilla and obviously yourself, you knew what you were looking for. And you created this environment of like, you're all here because we love you all. And we really like what you brought yesterday or the day before, whatever. And um, it was such a supportive environment that I felt like I could let go. Like I think I was the third one in my group to go. And you were like, can you really go for it? Really camp up, really go. And I actually think, I don't know if it was Steve on the panel, if somebody was just laughing at me, I think it's because I was just (laughs) going for it, like absolutely full out. I actually think that's really rare for me to enjoy myself in an audition, but I really enjoyed that, that audition. That's so nice to hear because, I mean, it was it was really my first experience organising an audition. And so it was intimidating for me as well, you know, to have um, lots of people, you know, my, my age even and thinking, OK, I've really got to make sure that, you know, this comes across correctly and it's not intimidating. And as well, having um, people like Blue and Amy there was, again, it wasn't to intimidate. It was because I knew that they have such good energy mm. um, and you know they would be if if a girl looked like she, she needed some help like they would be very happy to go over there and go maybe start on this note or maybe kind of relax here with your arms or let me know if you need and it was like how how can we create because just one person or two people on the panel against like 40 people I just think I would have been too yeah. intimidated but they were really lovely for moral support um and I also had um my best friend Richard there doing all the kind of yeah. and printing yeah. and all of that stuff so yeah, it was um, from our side. It was a nice experience, which again should hopefully. The, the only thing I regret is that I didn't wear high heels. I had these faux Valentino flats on, which I thought you'd like because they matched my top, and I thought fashion. And then I walked in, and everybody was so tall, and I was like, "Oh no, I hope this doesn't go against me." <laughs> I re- I remember us offering you the job, but um, you had already been snapped up for Scylla. So we'd like we'd miss the bell. I was like, "I told you we'd miss her. I told oh. you we would." I remember getting the call actually I was in Swiss Cottage teaching and it's so weird the way that the universe works because I'd really invested in you know that idea of me like being able to gig and go away and then something else has comes along before that and then you're like no why can they not line up so that you're mm. constantly employed not all come along at the same time it's so annoying but um but at the same time like yeah. that's that's been my experience of like you know, 10 years of gigging is that obviously nothing's wasted. And as long as you keep kind of making those connections um, and, you know, you keep putting yourself out there, then eventually the phone does just keep ringing and you kind of go, yeah, I, I saw you at that. And yeah, I worked with you on that. And you did an audition or you did a workshop. And and so eventually you don't actually audition anymore. You just get the phone call because you've made the connection and you've made the good impression. And I think in, in the gig world, that's how it works. Um mm-hmm. I've worked with them, they're great. I'll just pass on the details. And that's how I've worked. And so I'm so glad that I just don't audition now because I didn't like it at all. I was going to ask you, do you miss it? Or no, is no, it? No, 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 no. 
No. <laughs> no, it's so unnatural. I mean, I used to, when I was really young, my first like professional audition, I was 14 and it was an open audition for Godspell. And for a grown up cast, I was, I should have been 16, but I just went along at 14 and um, I actually got offered the, I got offered the show. <laughs> <gasps> I couldn't do it because they found out my age, um, which was really annoying because I was like, oh, and I had to go to theatre college and then all that. And I was like, oh, but I could have, could I not just started at that age? But anyway. Oh, that's um, a shame. So you got it, but you couldn't do it. I could, well, yeah. And um, you just couldn't lie because of contracts and passports. No. And like, you know, you couldn't lie by that point. But I remember my first audition and it was one of those queuing around. Um, it was the like the opera house in Manchester, it's freezing and I didn't know anyone and I went on my own and oh. I think my mum had dropped me off and she's like, do you want me to stand with you? I was like, no, you know, I don't <laughs> want to be that person with my mum. Like, I just want to be on my own. And I was so, I felt sick. I remember saying, take me or leave me. Uh-huh. And it was on the, th- it was on the theatre, uh, on the stage. And I was just, I just felt sick. And I was singing it and the whole time in my head, I was going, you're being terrible. You're awful. This is really bad. You can't, you like the whole time in my head, I was having mm. this dinner dialogue. A bit like saying before, why are we putting ourselves through it? But it was my first experience. I was like, oh, this is horrible. And I was so nervous afterwards. I was so out of place. I'd left like a whole bag at the, at the theater with like makeup in it and my hairbrush and everything. And I couldn't go back for it. I just couldn't go back in the building. I just kind of left and got in the car and I was like, oh, it was awful. But it obviously wasn't as bad as I thought it was because, you know, it went on to be, to be okay. But the feeling, the oh fe- my God. Yeah. No, is, so I don't miss so it. Alien. I don't miss it. I do not get used to them at all. No, so, no. Um, with you and obviously being 14 and being fabulous at 14 um was it something you always wanted to do when you were younger no I well I started dance class at five um and I went to local dance school in Manchester and by the time I was kind of seven I was doing dance festivals and then came like what categories you go in so it's like tap dance (laughs) dance tap dance (laughs) Um, a character dance, um, a song and dance. And when I got my song and dance, people were like, it's got really nice tone. <laughs> you know, you're like seven and it's a bit weird because you, you, I hadn't had any trainer or anything like that. Wow. That tone's really nice. And um, so then my mom found a different school because this was made, this was a dance school. It didn't do singing. It just, I just happened to do a song and dance. They took me to like a day at this theatre school called North Cheshire, which was really kind of forward thinking. It seemed really modern. A lot of the teachers were from London or had been like in Coronation Street. And it just seemed really kind of cool and trendy. So I mm. really enjoyed it there. And I went there at like nine and had drama lessons, singing lessons and dance. And then there was always a stage newspaper in the in the changing rooms yeah. for moms to read or for students to read. And I was just having so much fun at this point and um, a group of moms had said there's an audition for a scholarship in London shall we just take a group of our kids on like a trip and and go for it as an experience for them yeah. it makes means to go to London and do so um like you know my group of friends were like let's go it'll be great what are we gonna wear and uh, yeah and um so yeah I went for it and um I, I I got offered it uh, it was a life-changing moment I can't wow. imagine like a sliding door moment but I got offered this full scholarship at 11 so then I went well then there was the conversation of do you want to live away from home at this age yeah. and you know I remember my mom and dad sitting me in the kitchen going it's quite serious like you you won't live here and I was like 
sounds great. It sounds amazing. (laughs) I'm happy. And I was like, so I can go to a school where you like to sing and dance and act like throughout the day. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll take that one. I'll find find it. And I was, it was just about the last kind of term of primary school that I went. Um, And I kept thinking how intimidating normal high school seemed in Manchester. And I was like, I think I'd rather go to a theatrical school than go to a high school. It just wow. felt right. And I didn't even second guess it. But before I started the actual course, so, you know, started the school, I was already being put up for auditions for shows. And so I actually got a show. Um, I got a UK tour just before I started school. And so I actually went into my first professional job on a UK tour at 11. No yeah. way. I never knew that. So, sorry, you heard it here first. 11 years old was your first professional show. Portia, that's incredible. Oh, my God. I'd literally just learned to tie my shoelaces at 11. By the way, I could not sing when I was younger. Like, my mum and dad will vouch for me. Just couldn't sing until I was about 13. So, I cannot relate to you having a lovely tone at seven. I was still like... <laughs> well, I don't know if I above. Did, but- Britney. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> hope that maybe someone who was who had worked in music had gone, oh, she's got like an unusual tone or something. But to me, I think I probably just shouted. Um, and what, but yeah, what so tour it was, was it? Oh my gosh, I really hope none of my friends are listening to this because they always take the mickey out of me. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> no, because we always, I, it always comes up, um, but it was called The Goodbye Girl. And it, it was with Marty Webb and Gary Wilmot. Any oh of my, my friends that listen to this will be howling because, yes, it has come up once again. Oh, um, sorry, Portia, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, but it was my first professional experience. And um, your question was, did I always want to perform and be in shows? And, you know, if, if I needed anything to really, I was already on the way, but there was no going back from that experience. And yeah. Um, we were treated so well I was working with amazing people I was a lead you know a part and at 11 um, signing programs at stage door and so it was just like my mom said you know you really it it changed you and you went from being that kid that used to be standing at stage door with a program to being the one that comes out and your life just changed after that and so I always knew I was gonna this was what I was gonna do yeah for sure and I think that's why I could leave it uh, so early on like mm-hmm. I was about 24 when I left like West End and musical theatre yeah because I've been doing it since I was 11 so I it's it's not like I'd uh, left it too soon I'd been doing it for so long um, and I think that's why I was like okay I'm ready to do something else in, in music and you've done um obviously from when I've sort of known you I know that Priscilla has come up quite a few times whether it's the audition that I did or you know you and Emma and Charlotte I love listening to you guys together that is one of those musicals where vocally and forgive me if I'm wrong but when I look at all the women who I know that have played the diva roles they all have incredible strong individual couldn't say that word then individual individual unique voices and do you think that was, I don't know if it was a dream role for you in terms of uh, in terms of like what it allowed you to do? Were you able to express yourself vocally in that show? Uh, yes, um, to, to a point. Yes. Um, and it was a dream role, but I had never even seen the show or um, knew about the show or really knew what I was auditioning for at the time. So mm. I, I started the process and 
it just felt right and 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 I'd been auditioning a lot and it was my first um western show so um but not that there was a lot riding on it but I was really looking for that break that everyone's been wanting to do you know yeah when you train in theatre and um yeah having then got the show I realized truly what I was in I was like oh this is I'm a part of something very special here and um obviously working with two outstanding vocalists incredible um, really pushed me I'd never been pushed vocally that much in my life so that that was amazing I was pushing myself um I was singing solo um and obviously singing really intricate harmonies and I've always loved harmonies but again learning so much and mm-hmm. very quick you know the first day of rehearsals for that we we were played the act one and our notes on the stage and then that was it and he was like now you have to know those oh wow and you're like okay so and then when it came to like solo bits like I had a section where I could ad-lib um and you could ad-lib but then kind of once your ad-lib was in that was the ad-lib that you did yeah so you could create how you wanted to sing the show but then once you had that in for the year that's how you sang the show like they don't really you, they don't really like change in in, in theatre no, in that way no they but that's do, really like, interesting because I think you've got to be a certain kind of singer to take a role like that and be able to go I'm really strong at harmonies as strong as I am at singing solo because you can't mm. kind of be okay oh, yeah. harmonies you've yeah. got to be on it did you have to do a harmony workshop when you auditioned for it um I got sent three songs and I had to learn the all three harmonies from all three songs and then in my final audition it was just me on my own and they said, could you sing the middle line of I Will Survive? Can you sing the top line of Say a Little Prayer? And you had no, you didn't. Oh, you my just had to know it. gosh. And um, again, because, you know, by this point, I'd maybe done maybe seven or eight rounds. So I was like, I really would, really would like this job. I'd gone round to my friend Anton Fosch. Um, he's also a musical theatre performer and a producer. And he had a piano, a keyboard at his house. And he said, I will go through all of these harmonies and so we went through them we went through them went through them and just muscle memory or something to this yeah. day I don't know how I did it because it's not something I could say even I could do now but when he said sing the middle line of I was like I know what that is and I just mm. did it and so I you know that was the massive part of getting the getting the part massive massive um thing that you needed to have musicality you needed to have an ear and when I learned that when it came to the rehearsals they didn't spend time on that. You got the notes and you got a score and I don't mm-hmm. read music. So it was just, I had to just go home and listen and listen and listen and practice. Um, and a bit like you said something before about how you really invested into to it. And I invested everything into that show and everything into that part. I, I can put my hand on my heart and say I performed every single show that I performed 100%. Wow. I, ne- I really, I was like, this is... I just can't do it any other way. I gave it my no. all. Um, I, in the end, my voice was gone. My had the wigs had ripped my hair out. I had cuts from costumes, but it was just like I wow. committed. And since I only did the show a year, and it's never left me. It's it's still continued to take me around the world. Um, I've been in the promo team of it. I've done um, you know TV. And we did the Olivia Awards. Um, Obviously, the, I got the Idols, which is Charlotte and Emma. Mm. I got the group, and we've had this amazing friendship and amazing career as a girl group. So just from putting all of that in for that year is 
actually stood the test of time for 10. Yeah. And I was only in the show for a year, but I feel like this, that show will never, ever leave me. And it's no. been a part of my career. And I've been booked from it, you know, to say, mm. oh, you were in that show. It's like people love it. So well, the music yeah. is just so fantastic. And with your voices, the three of you, you, Charlotte and Emma, I mean, the voices alone are just so fantastic, but also the charisma between the three of you and the chemistry works so well. Like when you watch a really, really good girl band, everybody blends so well together and you watch each other. And I think what's, what it's like watching masterclass with you three, you are all equally in your own right, fantastic, but you all let each other be fantastic. It's just brilliant. And I think yeah, it's, it's a chemistry, isn't it? It is it's a chemistry. And and we, we we would never have met necessarily. Well, I mean, I knew Charlotte from college, but we would never have been the three of us if it wasn't for that show. And they they knew what voices suited each other. So we were like, we can't waste this blend that they have created. Yes. Because we knew we had it. And it was like, so we can't just stop singing together because we knew how rare it was to have it. Mm. Um, and so we, we it was very rare on, on kind of the last week of the show we just we'd created the idols and we were like that's it with the idols now we're not the Priscilla Divas with the idols and carried on with that I've got to play a little game with you I know you're not missing the audition scene and I know you haven't been auditioning but I've got some questions about music, some questions about auditions and some questions about being on the panel. I really over-explain my games. It's literally just would you rather, really. Um, so if you were to do an audition, musical or for A&R or for music companies, record labels, I I love auditioning for music companies, by the way. I don't know about you, but I just feel like it's quite relaxed and they're just like quite chatty. I love the A&R people. I'm always just finding them very, very pleasant, as my nanny would say. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I don't know why. They're just normally quite cool. And sometimes I fancy them. But anyway. <laughs> um, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have that on the record. Um, in an audition, do you prefer a solo or a group situation? A solo. Solo. Do you prefer... If I was, if I was to sing. If you were to sing, yeah. Yes, it's so yeah. Um, Do you prefer to be the auditionee or the auditioner? The auditionee. Audition. No. Oh, so sorry. No. no Let's really. start again. No. <laughs> I think I've created this word anyway. Um, would you rather be the auditionee or the auditioner? The auditioner. No. Wait, wait. No, what? Is that right? As in the auditioner that... is the person on the panel? Yes. Yeah. So I would rather... Yeah, be the auditioner, if that is a word. I don't know. I don't even think that's a word, but I've created it anyway. That's okay. Do you prefer to give feedback or no feedback when you audition people? Um, if someone wants to ask for it, I would be happy to give it, but I don't wouldn't necessarily give it freely. And Just in case it was, it, it, yes, they didn't want it. If, no. I'm only going to give it if they want it. Yeah, can you imagine? Can I just give you some feedback? No. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'd be like, no. And and as the as the performer, would you rather have feedback or not? Hmm. Again, if I ask for it, I think some some auditions, you you know, especially if you think I, I think that went really well, and you know, it's that fight, it's the final, and mm. you didn't get it. I'd be like, what was the clincher? I'd love yeah. to know first round no, no just not right for the show but maybe if I'd invested a few weeks or mm -hmm. a few months 
I think I'd like feedback if I didn't get it at the end. So I know that's not a clear answer. No, no, that's absolutely fine. It's not a clear industry. (laughs) It's not a clear industry, let's be honest. Um, Would you rather be the host or the guest role? Yeah, I love hosting. You are so good at it. I love that you have like your intro and you're like, ladies and gentlemen, and then there's Sean on the keys and you're like, well, I'm not doing an impression of you. I can't, I, I don't want to do it like, you know, I liked it wrong. But I'm, I'm, I know I'm trying to sound a bit more cool as well. Cause if it was me, I'd be like, hello everyone, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're like, yeah, fabulous, silky tones. Yeah, no, I love hosting um, because I get, it's double, double one, maybe I get to, I get to chat, I get to sing a few, couple of songs without the pressure of it being the whole gig. And I also get to elevate other people. So I, I host is the position I like, yeah. Amazing. Do you prefer to know the people you're auditioning or audition people you have never met or have never seen before? Hmm. Oh gosh, that's a hard question. I think I prefer to audition people I don't know. Because mm-hmm. if I do know them, I already know their level and I know yeah. where they're at. So maybe they don't need to be auditioned. And it'll be really nice to meet and be inspired by new talent. Definitely. So audition new people. Lush. Do you prefer <laughs> in a in an audition to hear somebody sing 16 to 32 bars or a whole song? Depends how good they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know in 16 bars, you yeah. know in the first four, eight bars, if someone is good or not, I think. Yeah. So they don't need to sing more than a whole song, but say, you know, it's a beautiful moment, then we should honour their, their full performance. And yeah. But- do, you, do you recommend audition cuts? That's not a question, it's just a separate question. Like, do you think it's better to just come in with like a really strong verse, chorus, middle, eight, end? Um, I think if it's about range, tone, and, you know, it is just music, I think then a cut song is great because you just go, Mm. okay, I know what that is, I know what the sound is, I know the range, I can see the performance. I think if it's an acting role um, and the particular genre of music you're looking is telling a story, then it'd be nice to see a journey because you can't always see a journey, and especially in theatre. No. It's acting through songs. So for me, I'm always going to be auditioning for music. So I would say if you were auditioning for me, do a cut version. If you're auditioning, theatre if you have the opportunity to tell a story tell the full story that's really good advice actually because because I find with pop songs first verse and chorus is very similar to second verse second chorus and I love the the sort of journey the second verse goes on normally so you know for like sorry not sorry the first verse and chorus compared to the second one is very similar but the second one's got a lot more embellishment in it it's a lot more feisty so I tend to start my pop songs from verse two because then you get Mm -hmm. verse two chorus middle eight chorus and it's a bit more of a a journey your your instinct is right so if people can take note on that you heard it here first (laughs) exactly yeah, no, it's true. Well, you know. Oh, and, and... I've, I've got a good question for you that isn't on the list because I love swearing in my songs if it's if it's appropriate. But from an auditioner's point of view, auditioner's point of view, would you be offended by that? Or do you think it's just a lyric and it's expressive? I would say in an audition, if you can avoid swearing, mm-hmm. don't swear. Um, if you If you were performing at a gig and you were there in your own right and you can decide how you want to express yourself I personally don't find swearing offensive but I think the same way as if you were at an interview whether that was for you know an office job or anything you wouldn't use offensive language in any way so I would say don't swear in a 
because you know just do the radio edit do the yeah because I uh, for an audition I would say you know the if I was singing thank you next I'd say I'm so very very grateful for my ex but if I was doing a gig okay. maybe on a mm. in the evening um yeah. saying that when I did my show at the theater and obviously a lot of the it was a family-friendly show and a lot of the audience were children I didn't yeah. drop the f-bomb but I just so was pg yeah I, and so I think your audition especially if when you've got a 10 o'clock audition in some kind of small <laughs> studio we're just not ready for those swear words <laughs> no, no. I think if we were auditioning you and it was in a club and it was like oh you're going to get on stage with a band and you know which I've done before like at the box in London it was like stand on the stage as a band you're in a nightclub mm. I think it would, be, it would almost be weird if you didn't swear in your audition because you need to know that you're liberal and open and expressive and yeah but I think in general <laughs> I would say no no that's good save save the swear words it's, definitely definitely do you prefer singing your own material or covers it's very easy my own (laughs) and I love your own stuff when I listen to Alicia Keys I feel like you've written it I mean I wish no but I do especially her latest stuff I'm like listening to some of the stuff and I'm like oh my gosh this is this Porsche wrote this for her I'm sure oh my god I I mean I, I love Alicia Keys and I think somewhere she you know that her first album was at a time when I really started writing and I think she's a massive influence subconsciously really because I I love her voice, but mm. I think yeah, her lyrics are amazing. And also she has a lot of songwriters write for her. It's actually a British songwriter wow. who wrote Empire State of Mind. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Got goosebumps. I didn't know that. Yeah. I should know his name. I don't, but hats off because that is an amazing song. Um, amazing a song, song. A song that there's certain songs that you kind of take as your own sometimes when you cover them. Yeah. Um, and you're like, I sing this because I feel like I could have written it or I, I relate yes. to it so strongly I can portray it in a way that's you know would be like my own and like some of her songs like Superwoman and Empire yes, State Mind yeah. have stuck through but there is a feeling of just especially when you're working with a band and not a backing track and you're singing your words that you wrote it's it's like your body thanks you for doing it that's how I feel my body goes thank you for remembering that this is why you sing um, oh, that's so it's just so easy yeah. so effortless um and it's and I don't always write myself the 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 most challenging of songs like I don't always write big high songs and lots of trills I think because I just really enjoy just singing for me um mm. so yeah it's you it, don't need it's... to though I don't think I don't think you need to do all the bells and whistles because your tone is just amazing and I think that's what captures straight you straight away when you listen to you is it's so distinctive and you don't need to be kind of distracted by trills and whistles and all that kind of thing they all have their place and I love to do them I can't mm. stop sometimes and I'm like just sing <laughs> just sing straight just just sing that note <laughs> um but I think if you've got a certain tone I don't I don't think you need to could you pick between pop R&B and soul do you think um soul soul oh. soul and, and jazz but uh, I just think now pop there's so much soul music that is categorized as pop now mm. so okay. soul is the the, is the origin the mm. root yeah um and that's what I was brought up on and that's what I like to sing with have you ever yeah. auditioned with one of your own songs Ooh. I don't think I have ever auditioned because I think when I've done a gig of my original music they've heard the music yes and that's what they want so I don't mm. think I've ever auditioned to to sing no no I only ask because uh, Jordan wrote me a really beautiful 
really beautiful, massive diva ballad. And there's been so many times when I've thought this would be perfect for this audition, but you just always encourage not to take it. This is for MT I'm talking about, um, because maybe the panel don't know where the song's going to go. So they don't know if you're singing it right or they're not familiar with it. Um, but there's been so many times I thought that's such a shame because mm. I think that would be so perfect. Yeah, um, it's such well, a I mean, storytelling song. But isn't there something in like people not wanting to hear the same song over and oh, over yeah. again? So like yeah. they go in and go, I'm going to be singing Rain on My Parade. They're going to go, we've heard that 45 times today. Mm. What else have you got? How nice oh. that you'd be hearing something original. Yeah, I I... that would be a good thing. Especially if you are 100% sure it will suit what you're going for. I say go for it. I mean, I remember an audition, it's just come back to me, but it's a, a very well-known show. I won't drop any more <laughs> names of shows. Um, but it was a very well-known show. And they said, what options have you got? And I said, this, this, this. And I, and I said, and I have Empire State of Mind. And they were like, oh, the MD went, oh, I love that song. Sing that for us, like really casually. So I sang it. And then the, I got the feedback. I didn't ask for the feedback. I got the feedback from my agent and they said, they said you just sang the wrong song like it just wasn't appropriate for the show and I was like that's honestly what they said they, said, they asked they asked for that song they requested that song I had oh other my god you're joking <laughs> so wow. I just think sing what you want to say sing if you know it is right so. I I think I I actually got through an audition with this song but I was asked to do a 90s pops rep bring sorry 90s pop rep and uh, one of the songs that I brought was Mariah Carey always be my baby which I think vocally was it was a good good shout but I also bought the Spice Girls say I'll be there I'm not joking I mean I mean I love the Spice Girls I'm the biggest Jerry Halliwell fan but it's not a sing is it it's not a sing sing so there's me like <laughs> you brought it into the room if you put two and two together you will see <laughs> Because I, I I wanted to sing Mariah, but they really, it was for more of a, a comedy acting show. They didn't need you to be all belty. And, and yeah, they, okay. they kept saying with every round, please stop bringing musical theatre. Please bring 90s pop. They wanted like, oh, the young dudes and all that kind of music. And um, I just accidentally blurted out. I said, yeah, and I've bought the Spice Girls just in case. Because I was just a dream of mine to sing Spice Girls in an audition. Well, I shouldn't have said that. They were like, do it then. <laughs> Literally in front of such a massive casting director going, I'm giving you everything. Like, it's really showing that range. And he's like, give you everything on this, I swear. I just promised you'll always be there. Like, awful, awful. And then I got to the Mel C bit. I'm giving you everything. I was like, oh, just, just, just quit. Anyway, back to the <laughs> quiz. Um, I hope you got the job. I actually got very far with it, but I, I didn't get it in the end. I was very nearly they're got lost, it, but I, I, didn't, lost. I didn't get it. But it was very funny that I got to sing Spice Girls in an audition and God bless them. Um, <laughs> residency versus tour. Residency. Residency. What yeah. about this one? UK tour versus international tour. International, international baby i'm and all so about that world travel <laughs> definitely how many places do you think your job's taken you um i feel like i've been everywhere apart from russia and i've been to newfoundland which is classed as canada but that's it and nowhere else in canada but i feel like i've been pretty much everywhere else i have a pin board in my kitchen with red pins everywhere and yeah so most places 
And when when you gig, do you get to choose what you're going to sing or do you get a different brief every time? It's different. So a lot of my shows, if it was my own show, I get to pick um, the booking me for my show. Mm -hmm. Um, But then if I work for the It Girls, the client will say, oh, it's a great Gatsby theme or, you know, it's whatever theme. So these are the songs that we would like to hear. Or sometimes it's what songs do you know in that theme? And then you send them a list over and then they choose from that. Um, so it is different. That's exciting. A lot of I time. think it's well. It's it's actually. Oh gosh, it's the only <laughs> way I will learn new lyrics. I'm quite bad at myself going. I'd like to learn that song. So what often happens is someone else will come to me and say, "Will you learn this?" And I go, "Oh yeah." And then I'll sing it. I go, "I really like that." I like oh, it yeah. in the repertoire. Yeah. But it's very rare I would actually. And I think that's because yeah. I was very busy. I just was like, if I don't need to sit in my room and learn lyrics today, I'm just not going to. Mine is seeing somebody like yourself perform. Like I never would have sung um, Sunny, Yesterday My Life Was Filled With Rain. Like I, I don't know why I never would have picked up that song. Singing it with you, my God, today, by the way, I was in the shower, TMI, and I was singing it. And my dad is a really great singer, but he just, is he, he? Has, he has such good tone. He's a soul man. He oh loves his soul. And he, but he would never sing ever. He will be mortified for me even saying this. Like I say to him. Daddy daughtered you were. Yeah. Oh, he actually said to me today, he said, please send my regards to Portia. Um, I do like, I do like to have the parents approval. Yeah. Absolutely love you. My mum and dad absolutely love you. My dad was like, when is your next duet with Portia? I was like, all right, Christiana. Um, So he'll be in touch. He'll be in touch. Okay, great. I have to say, before we go, obviously your career takes you in so many different paths. You know, you're gigging around the world or, you know, you're a lead vocalist in a show. You've been in musical theatre. You host your own stuff. You've got your podcast. Is there um, an avenue of your career? And obviously you also have so many projects like the corporate gigs and um, you just do so much. I literally don't know how you have the 24 hours in a day to do all this stuff but um do you have a like preferred avenue that you want to work in more or do you just love that you do so many different aspects of the industry uh, it's a really good question <laughs> it's a really good question because I think I'm constantly asking myself those questions now in the in today's climate um, and I think that what I've always loved in the past is the variety and that, mm. I think that's kept me on my toes and it's pushed me but I think I'm also getting to the point where some of those things I feel like I've fully lived them to their max now and I and I do think that other people could benefit and enjoy it more than possibly I do um, when things hopefully go back to normal. Think about my next step and I think about how in, how, how I can try and use all of the things that I've learned and kind of turn it into more of one concentrated thing and that's why I've loved doing the radio and the podcasting oh yeah of course um, sorry god I there's so much stuff I forgot the radio <laughs> I don't know but it's um, amazing the female soul society umbrella I love I love what it represents and I love that I can sing original music because that's definitely something I want to do and I love that I can host and interview and elevate people and then the radio I've really enjoyed because I've really started to explore so many female artists that I've never listened to before who are iconic and I've had to educate myself on them and their histories and their journeys in their career so 
I'm leaning towards some kind of host. I think my I think my dream would be to be like the female equivalent of Jules Holland. Oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> oh, it's my it's- dream to be on Jules Holland. But if you oh, could yeah. be the female version of Jules Holland, and you know please. I will get you on there. Obviously. Yes, please. You know. Oh my um, God, we'd have I'd a great New Year's party. But I think it's like it's like that. So obviously, I don't play piano, but it's like so I can sing with my guests, and I can. I mean, I think most people would like to do it. But I just think I'd love that to be. Oh, Paul, you've got to do it. Well. We'll try, but I do think the radio is um, is massively helping me with mm. that, like learning, educating, interviewing. So, and how did you yeah. get into the radio side of things? Because obviously that's happened this year, hasn't it? Has that been a result of the twenty twenty situation, or is it something you've always wanted to do? Um, I'd never, in a second, thought about it, um, mm. and then because of this year and every single day, applying for jobs, applying for volunteering applying for everything possible it was one of the only things that came back to me and I got an interview um for Love the Beat Radio which is in South London and Mm. it's um a community radio station and um yeah I did the interview and he offered me a slot there and then and he said I saw on your CV Female Soul Society and I'd love for you to do a show based on that and I was like that's so funny because I've just started doing a podcast and I was like well I just think a radio show would be great so although our podcast hasn't come out yet, hopefully the podcast will be out soon. Amazing. Um, I have Amazing. been continuously doing interviews with women. Um, but the whole thing is evolving. And I think this year, as a creative person, as an artistic person, is it's just about it's just about doing things. Mm. And it's not always about what the finished result is. And I think Definitely. I'm learning that and I'm like making myself I'm not gonna stress myself out normally I need this big shiny finished product, but I think at the moment it's just like I'm finding my feet with mm. new with this new kind of time and and this new approach to music and to what it is that I do. And I'm, I'm I still haven't figured it out. I'm still not sure what yeah. exactly what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing something, so therefore I'm learning something. And I and hopefully I'll have that epiphany. I'm hoping. But that's so um, great because I just think you're that person that just exudes positivity with everything that you do, and it's exciting and it's 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 fueled by your passion ultimately for for music and for singing. And that's taking you all over the, like all over the place. That sounded negative. Not all over. She's all over the place. No, I am though. No, all over the, you know, the music umbrella of radio show, podcast, host, singer, you know, like on the audition panel. And I think that's what's so important. And it's about keeping busy. And I think as long as you've got that, passion like we both have for our industry you'll find things to do within it and I I don't think you necessarily need one focus I think it's just so great that you are able to turn your hand at, at at so many different things and I think that's what is important for working in the industry yeah it's 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 really it is so hard right now and also I do want to say we're saying all this don't think that I haven't hid under my pillow oh many a days this year and not been productive and really not had the inspiration um so that's okay it's all about balance it's all about that you can't be you can't be productive and fabulous all the time you've got to have some downtime I went for an audition once actually an interview for a very 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 famous person to be their intern and um their manager said to me you know you're really into fashion and you're you've got a fashion cv you've got a music cv and you've got an acting cv you need to pigeonhole yourself because you're just taking on too much and right now 
you're you're 21 you need to focus on one thing this is all to come later like right now let's just get on that ladder which one are you going to choose because I didn't know which path to go down and he was like and I promise you fashion will always come into it music will always come into it. acting will always you'll always blend the three but right now what do you want to do and I thought that was really good advice because if I could tell my younger self now I would say stop stressing that you're not going to do it because you can incorporate fashion into your gigs and you know you need to act through song and you're going to sing in an acting role so like don't don't worry don't try and like do it all at once I think Mm. you'll always find a way to incorporate the things that you're passionate about Portia before I talk anymore do you have any advice for any of our listeners sounds like an agony aunt (laughs) any advice my my advice is really look at the breakdown and even if your agent has said I've put you up for this and you have the audition still look at the breakdown before accepting it because you may not actually be right or you may not actually want to apply yourself to that particular work and I don't think you should go into the room unless you know 100% this is something you would like to do and then you can only bring your best self so if you're a bit like I'm going for this but actually it's like not within my range or I don't really like the topic or you know I've worked for that person and I don't really want to work for them before Mm. I don't want to work for them again sorry um just really think about whether you want to get into the audition room that's I think that's a really big thing like we constantly just go I've got an audition I'm going in and does that mean you're going to show your best self no um so I think that I think that's the thing. And then when you do go in, I mean, I could say try and be as relaxed as possible, but that's no help at all (laughs) because you could be stressed. Um, But I think, again, just be whatever you've, whatever's going on in the outside world, leave it outside and just really focus in that room because someone could say the smallest of things. And if you pick up on it, if you know people's names, if you've kind of, you know, just if you're 100% in the room, I think that's just, you're going to get, 100% 100% out of the situation mm-hmm. um so yeah that was well, that's such good advice I think that's really really good advice especially for anybody who's listening that maybe is new to the profession or is thinking of training in it I I wish I had that advice when I was younger about just auditioning for things that you know you're right for because I would have saved myself a lot of embarrassment going for things that were totally wrong for me yeah like that yeah I've had a very embarrassing moment like auditioning for shows that are really highly skilled contemporary dance and still going knowing that I'm not a highly skilled contemporary dancer same and that same casting director auditions me for singing parts they don't want to see me in that really bad light they really oh. don't because they'll remember that they go oh yeah Porsche like a voice terrible or dancing auditions or something you just don't need it no don't get me wrong I don't what I don't mean is don't read something and go um that like if it's create like a creative project or something that's a workshop because I have made this mistake myself and gone that sounds a bit naff and then it's become a world like blockbuster hit because that's not my place to know if it's yeah 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 I have done that um and that's not what I mean I just mean like do, do all of your talents align with what could you offer something to this project only creatively you can decide whether you want to take the job if you get the offer and that's that's a separate thing but just yeah read the breakdown before you go for the audition that is really excellent advice down. amazing sometimes you only have one 
opportunity to show yourself to someone high up in the industry so make it the right one when you go yeah you heard it here first I'm gonna yeah. applaud the advice that's <laughs> epic advice I love that fantastic well Portia thank you so so much my pinnacle's falling off again good um thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me today I literally have absolutely loved it I've got so many questions as well now I've just been reading my notes like I could interview you for a full 24 hours um but thank you so much honestly I'm obviously as you can hear I'm such a big fan and people are probably going to cringe at how much I fan girls but I don't care I don't care I mean every word it's so it's so so kind of you and and it's amazing to have your support and that you've felt my support um and we've said this before to each other but um yeah it's really what I'm trying to to represent and having been lonely in the industry and having not always had the best support and had bullying and all of that it's like if we don't kind of change it and represent it then you know we should all be supporting each other so you know what let's not be embarrassed for it but thank you so much Portia if you could please do our outro which is just thanks that's all for today in your own voice you don't need to sing it or anything thanks that's all for today Woohoo!